Toby, I love how you're saying to me off camera at the beginning, like you've still got your your friends and stuff in the area you live. And yeah. it seems like you've still got this like bit of banter and you still have oh, this mate, like yeah, amazing yeah. fun yeah, that you just yeah. don't lose. Yeah. You don't lose it. You never lose it. Um, from day one in the military, you never lose the banter. And it's for a reason, like they do actually instill banter into you because that yeah. humor is what's going to get you through yeah. some that- really bad times. Man. Right, of course. And there will be some bad times. So that dark humor um, and banter, it's just, I don't know, it's morale, man. Yeah. yeah. Is it like a prerequisite kind of thing almost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. I think the camaraderie just like helps you. Camaraderie, yeah. yeah. It just keeps yeah. you positive. And they, te- they so. teach you little funny lines and that stick with you and, yeah. and just, yeah, humor is massive, man. I remember me and Matt went to university together and I always remembered the chants we used to say when we were like in the football team and like, yeah. I know it's though, you know, not quite like the army, but it's almost like there's a brotherhood there, there's a community and you're always... You look like, forward to those moments of just going out yeah. and all the team and just going crazy, yeah. like just yeah, going a bit crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and you build like strong team. bonds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's part of it, it's part of it. And yeah. I think they, they really try and instill that in you when you're in the, when you're in the Marines or any military, I suppose, because... It, it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense because yeah. mm-hmm. you've got to have each other's backs and you've got to really look after each other. Do you think we're losing yeah. that now with all like social media stuff and just kind of the way the world's moving in terms of like yeah, actually yeah. being connected you mean, in like person? like the whole woke movement and Woke stuff movement like and also yeah. just like, you know, you can spend a lot of your time on a phone and, and speaking to people rather than just being in their own company and it's, yeah, it's still, yeah, yeah, yeah. The know, social, infinitely like, different. proper yeah, face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's dying off, but it's just the way... Well, it's just the way the world's moving, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, How old were you when you joined the army? Army? I never joined the army. Well, the Marines. 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 I joined the Marines, Marines mate. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, we, we do not like the army. <laughs> there is some rivalry there. They massive say that the, the, is it the, 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 I don't know this, but the test you do to get into the army and the Marines is like so different. Well, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. The army's got so many different like fractions and regiments. And right. Things. But it's, it's generally the paras. So the paratroopers... Okay. Uh, and the Marines, yeah, that's where the real rivalry is. Right. Like, proper. Because they have P Company. We have the commando tests. So at the end of their training, they have P Company, which is, I don't know, a week long, I think. Um, and then we have our commando tests, which is about a week long as well. And we're always, you know, trying to see who's better, who's, you know. Mm-hmm. But but it, it's quite a, I don't know, uh, as you go through your military career, you kind of, you work with these guys all the time. And then as you progress and you, you move up the ranks, you're all part of the same club, really. It's just, it's good banter, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Think of it as like, I don't know, um, Manchester United against Manchester City. City, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that. It's just... Yeah. It's just hardcore rivalry, but it's good. Is that the same as like we had we had a, a guy on uh, Dapper Laughs who's like really funny, very very funny, um, and to get the stuff through that's been going lately with the woke movement and all the bad things happened during COVID, he just makes a joke of it all like a satire. Is that a similar thing? You know, when you're going through the hard times in the army, in the sorry, in the Marines, um, you're uh, you know you're 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 having this fun between each other and to have the, the like the dark humour. Yeah, yeah, similar thing. Yeah, yeah, the dark humour it is. It's exactly like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it seems harsh at times, but it's it's not. Like um, like I was just saying, it's more morale, you know, humor is, 
something like I, I remember. Uh, shit, man! The first time, you know, one of one of our mates died in combat. You know, and it must have been probably I don't know a few hours before, a few hours afterwards before someone cracked the funny. Um, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. But everyone was down, man. Right, like everyone imagine. had just lost. We just lost my corporal. But right. a few hours later, yeah. there was a joke, yeah. like a little bit of a joke. Yeah, but you can imagine like Luke, that's yeah. the sort of thing Luke would do. Like yeah. he means well, but he's going to do it to break that. The, break the ice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we were still like stuck in the field. Um, and we were still like, we still had to get back. We had to take him, we had to get his body back. And um, wow. what was the joke? Do you know what I mean? Every, uh, it was just like, <laughs> he was a big lad. And uh, it, was, it was around. Fuck's sake, now we got to get, Let's, you know. Carry him back. Carry him all the yeah. way back to camp. Kind oh, of thing. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. he's a big lad. Yeah. Um, and I like, fuck, fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everybody just sort of probably, right, because they felt so everyone, bad. Everyone, yeah, you know, it's that dark humour, that funny, that... Just the reality. Because in the moment, suppose. everyone was, like, everyone was kind of in shock, you mm. know, and we were still in a bit of a firefight, and it was, it was a bomb, you know, an ID, improvised explosive device. That killed him, and um, everyone was just like totally shocked and in a, that state. And it just breaks the ice, you know, and it just got everyone back into a sort of working frame of mind. And was, like, was this in Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah this yeah. was in Afghan in 2007. Yeah. So, so t take us back from uh, where you're from. You were, you were born yeah, in yeah. South Africa. Yeah, yeah. We go right back, mate. Uh, yeah, I was born in South Africa. Um, I grew up there. Uh, my dad left. Um, my dad left when I was three or something like that. He yeah, um, just left one day. Um, bit, bit of a shit story, but um, yeah. So it was my mom uh, with three kids at the time, and then um, she she met another guy who was actually in the South African army, and. Um, he was actually a top bloke, um, but yeah, it was tough. It was tough growing up, and um, yeah, I just found it hard. Uh, and then, where do we go from there? You know, uh, South Africa is a hard place to grow up. I was English, and at the time in the eighties, the English weren't very liked by by the Afrikaans. You know, the Dutch, mm. mm -hmm. they weren't very liked. Um, for some unknown reason, I don't know. It goes way back to like the Boer War and all that stuff, which is to me, I'm like, Jesus, get over it, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty rough, and I got into a lot of scraps at school, um, a lot of fighting, and yeah. Just, just to interject, just, you know, uh, is the Afrikaans uh, language got the uh, clicking sound in the uh, the actual? No, language? no, it's basically it's basically old school Dutch. Okay. Yeah. So South Africa was colonized by the Dutch in like the 1600s, right? And so it's like old school Holland, you know, Holland oh, yeah, Dutch, yeah, right. and it just never changed. Now modern day Holland or or um, the Netherlands. That is now their language is modified. So it's like kind of French and Belgium and, mm -hmm. and a bit of German. It's all mixed in there. Um, but there, because South Africa was so cut off, 
it never changed for like 400 years. Right. So the Afrikaans, the Boers, the farmers, the white Dutch just never changed. Yeah. And they haven't changed for like 400 years. I remember being there around 2006. You know I, mean? I was in Pretoria and then in Joburg. And I yeah. remember there was a bit of a change going on. My history's terrible, so I, I, hopefully you can explain it. But it was something around... It's all the drink, drink. It's not, it's not the drink. Memory. It's not, it's not. No, no, I've just, my history knowledge is awful. But it was something around the fact that the, a certain number of the uh, people running businesses, when I was there, because I was setting up a company there, uh, I think it was, I, th I think 50% had to be black or 60% had to be black, uh, Afri South African. So a lot of the guys, that's the white African, South Africans, were being uh, taken out, CEOs and managers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so after apartheid ended um, and the sort of um, the ANC, the African National Congress, geez, we are getting deep here into like politics, man. Um, South African politics as well. Um, anyway, they, they took over and yeah, they put in some new laws and it was called BE, which just stands for Black economic, um, black economic education. Education, I think, it, yeah. Empowerment, maybe. Black economic empowerment. Mm -hmm. And that was basically all companies now need to have a certain level above directors that that's, are of a certain color. Um, yeah, that's what I yeah, remember. Regardless, yeah. regardless yeah. Of, of, of qualifications, mm -hmm. age, whatever, that is now. Yeah, and, and yeah, I get it. I get it because they were trying to, you know, get that wealth divide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that gap shortened. Mm -hmm. And I understand it in certain respects, but in other respects, you can't just, you can't just change things like that. No, especially you know, after apartheid. It doesn't, apartheid. Work. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Those sort of things take a long time to, you know, evolve. Um, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, so, so flip it back to uh, going back to, yeah, yeah. to the crime yeah. you, you said in Joburg. Yeah, there's like a lot of crime. It's just, at, sure, yeah. No, I mean, we've we've heard all the stories, yeah, haven't we? Like, I noticed yeah. it when I was there. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Murder capital of the world. Yeah. Like, all this. And oh wow. The drugs. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Guns are very yeah. free. Shootings are like all the yeah. time. Like life is pretty. I remember the, the guy that I was working with said like life is, you know, pretty low value in terms of if somebody wants to kill somebody here. Yes. They would like. I remember. I mean, there were these kids that would just run across the road, and I would ask why. And they told me that a lot of the women, they, when the kids are sort of, they have them on a, a sack on their back and they're, they're so close to their mum's back that as they grow up, their perception of length and depth Distance, yeah. is distorted. Yeah, yeah. They, would, yeah, yeah. they would run across the road without knowing where the cars were. It was really wow. Uh, it's bizarre. It's yeah. bizarre. It's a bizarre country. You know, you've got so many different cultures there and the way people grow up and there's such a wealth divide. You know, you've got ultra wealthy and then you've got ultra poor. Mm -hmm. And we all know that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. People you can't even afford to eat. And then you got people who are living like kings. Yeah. You know there's going to be yeah. clashes. Chaos. And the thing. problem is, is that predominantly the rich are white, <coughs> poor are of color. Right. So you know it's going to end badly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to end badly. So you end up with a lot of clashes. Yeah. But anyway, I ended up somewhere in the middle. And yeah, I, I was one of these kids who I just... I love the thrill of, of, of trouble, of getting involved and uh, I don't know. I was just attracted to the, the I don't know, what would you call it? The, um, the naughtiness of life. Yeah. Um, and that just 
yeah, it held a certain appeal with me. So I went looking for it, if you like. Mm. Totally naive. And but in, in the nature. Danger. In the yeah, nature. Danger. And, and, yeah, danger. Yeah, I've always yeah. been attracted yeah. to it. I've always wanted to get as close. This sounds a bit weird. But I've always had this affiliation with death and getting as close as I can to it. Wow. And then just snatching myself back. You know oh, what I mean? And then mm. giving it death. The big, you've had the that big thing, you've had you know that what I mean? Yeah, ever since I was a kid. Ever since I was a kid. I mean, my mom. I remember telling me the story of um, there's this bridge down in South Africa where it's the highest bungee jump in the world. And uh, I, I, the first time I went down there, I must have been about four or five or something around there. And um, we were walking across the bridge to have a look. And my mom turned around. I disappeared and... I literally climbed over the side of the bridge and started climbing down the side of the cliff face. Oh, and they had to get like three rangers and three rescue operators to come and find me. And I was like, yeah, hanging off the side of this like you know, wow, 700 crazy. foot drop. So I've always had like a bit of this daredevil type daredevil <laughs> yeah. thing inside me. It's, it's just like that wild beast. Mm-hmm. And I, sometimes I just can't control it. Were you telling me the story <laughs> off, so, yeah. off camera with your friends when you were younger? About the never, yeah, will, yeah, never will yeah. I die. There's tattooed exactly. on your chest, then, which obviously has carried through your story. And that never will I die. Yeah, which is now you know the title of my autobiography, which has just come out. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a saying we all used to say um, when we were about to do something silly or crazy, or yeah, just get up to some mischief. Um, there's something really exciting and real about that. Like, you know what? We're just going to go and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. It seems... I, I don't believe I'm going to die. So let's just go and have as much fun as possible. We can play with fire. We can do this. You know, we can, it's just, there's a nice, like, yeah. like you said, there's a nice sort of freedom to that there's as well. something quite powerful about yeah. it as well. Really powerful. It does empower you, you yeah. know? Um, and it, yeah, it, it is freeing, yeah. you know? And I don't know. I think that that might be missing in today's youth. Is that just a balance of risk and yeah, just give it everything you got, you know? Yeah, get out there and give it a try. Well, people don't even happen, you know what I mean? Yeah, Dana White says that he goes, I feel sorry for the the youth of today, doesn't he? Uh, There's a video he does. He says, He goes, If you're if you're if you want to go out there, like you say, and just go for it, the other guys won't stand a chance because no one's doing anything. No one's doing that, yeah, go for it. They're all scared of their own shadows, yeah, Mm. you know, and everyone's intimidated and easily offended. Yeah, it's all this, yeah. Um, and if you just give it balls to the walls, man, mm. you will go. You will go far. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Well, that's what I found. Anyway, that's my experience. Yeah. So you moved from Joburg to the yeah. UK, and then you thought well, you'd sort of tame the beast by joining well, the Marines. <laughs> you know, um, throughout my childhood, my my mom then decided to move around a lot. Mm-hmm. So I moved to America, and I lived in California for a while. Um, and then I moved to the UK and I lived in the UK for a while when I was about 12. Um, and then I moved back to South Africa. Um, so there's a lot of moving around and, and that taught me how to just believe in myself and, and, you know, build, build character because yeah, no one likes to be that, you know, the new kid on the block and you have to stand up for yourself quite a bit. So, yeah, it built character, it built strength, and, um, yeah, um, I got back to South Africa, and um, I just started doing some, just going down some bad paths and doing some just crazy shits and getting into a lot of trouble. Um, 
I got arrested a few times and, yeah, it just came to a head where I thought, <coughs> if I don't do something that's going to turn my life around drastically, yeah, it's going to end one of two ways. How old were you at this time? About 18 when I, when I, you know, hit this crossroads. I was about 18. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just thought, yeah. Okay, where do we go from here? So yeah, you were saying like either one way or another, it would be death, another, you know, yeah. or in yeah, prison. Yeah, and I've been it in prison could be a few times now. I've been, you know, caught drink driving, um, oh. drugs, all this shit. You know, just just a proper rebellious person. Um, I don't know. Maybe call it acting out. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I thought. What's going to straighten me up? What's going to give me what I'm looking for? Uh, and I guess I was looking for some sort of family, like a brotherhood. Mm. Um, discipline as well, maybe? Yeah, yeah. You know, discipline, you know, someone, some, some sort of organization that could, I guess, tame the beast, you know, mm. give me some boundaries. Because mm -hmm. mm. um, what, what I find with discipline is... is it, it, it appears a lot more than people think. And some people, and maybe this was you as a kid, it certainly was me, I wouldn't have liked to be told what to do, but at the same time, if someone said, you know, go and train and work out or become better yourself, and that's like, and then have the discipline yourself mm. to do that, then it changes the pattern. But it's still someone, well, it's, you know, it's, you still went to yeah, the yeah. Marines and someone's still, yeah. yeah. Do you mean, it's like, there's like a fine line between that. It's, it's really interesting. Between and, someone telling you what to do and actually discipline yourself. Yeah, because a lot of the guys that were in the Marines were proper rebellious, yeah. don't like authority people. Mm -hmm. And then here they are in the Marines. Which Ta is like Taking orders. Taking orders, yeah, and being told what to do 24-7. And, and, and the strongest kind of orders up at 6 a.m., I exactly, imagine. Yeah, get yeah. But there's a, common, yeah. there's a common good because everybody's taking it and you know going in you're taking it. And if a teacher or somebody else says, da-da-da, you get, I, would, I couldn't take any, I still can't take that sort of criticism. It's really hard. Yeah. But when you're all in it together and you're fighting for what you believe is a common good, right? And yeah. It, you're all strong yeah. as fuck. I, as think, well. I think there's also this like, there was this, they play on your ego a little bit because they're all like, oh yeah, you, you can't pass. You know, you, you, you're not strong enough. You're not tough enough. So they play this angle, mm. you know, mm. and that, that really appeals to the, that type of person, that yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, like a teacher what, saying, what you no, you're never going to achieve anything. And then that sticks yeah. in your head forever. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. well, okay, whatever. But if someone, these type of guys who are like, oh, you're not strong enough, you know, you're, you're, you're weak. All of a sudden, they turn into like, yeah, it starts to motivate them a bit more and yeah. like, oh, I really want to show that I can do this. Mm -hmm. So then, That's a change yeah. that needs to happen because people, th people see that change as like be yeah. being told yeah. what to do is like a bad thing. And it, it, it's really not because there's a lot of motivation that comes out of it. And every, you know, every person like yourself who's been through anything, they, you know, it, they, it, it, it's, the same, it's the same story whether it's male, female, like, you know, you've done this or I've done that. It's like, it's the same story. When you... When when someone tells you what to do and you listen and you know, or they say you can't do something, it's it's that you know, it's that it's that old saying where people say you know, n no one ever, anyone that's going to put you down is never doing more than you. So it's like it's it's a good thing if people just flip it, flip the narrative rather than yeah. thinking, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. shut up, you're not telling me what to do. It's like flip it, flip the narrative, isn't it?
so that that's yeah that's what i guess drew me to the marines you know um but uh i didn't want to do it half measures i didn't want to like join the army or, or join you know some the air force or the navy or whatever um i really wanted to test myself and um yeah, they were saying, you know, the Royal Marines Commando training is the longest infantry training in the world, longest and hardest in the world, which is a fact. Um, so, yeah, again, that just appealed to me. Give, give, it, give, give it us an, an insight into, like, some of the training that you would have to take um, on. And how long was it? Well, it's, um, it's 52 weeks long, um, so eight months, solid, nonstop. Wow. If if you can go, if you make it through but, that, yeah, because you can get injured or whatever, and you can get like back trooped and you know, isn't that a year? How long is a year? Eight months is like three quarters of a year. Yeah, how long is, how how long is a year in weeks? Twelve months, fifty-two weeks. <laughs> how long is a year? I said fifty-two okay, weeks. Fifty-two weeks. Yeah, 52 so it's weeks, a bit. Yeah, yeah. It might so be a bit long. I might have got that wrong. It's fifty-two weeks is a year. Yeah. A year. Yeah. So. Huh? You call it a year? Yeah. A year. Yeah, it's 52 a weeks is a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah 52 weeks to a year. Not so a year. it's a bit shorter than a year. So it's right. actually eight months. So oh, and that's like every day? Yeah, every day. Five, five days stop. a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not five days a week, mate. Like seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not take, like, take us through yeah, some yeah, of the... Like weekend breaks, right? Take, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. take us through some of the, the highlight moments where you thought like, okay, this is really tough. Or, uh, or like, what did you do that's like... Could be tough and good. Uh, sleep at the same time. deprivation is hardcore. Oh, I can oh, imagine. Is that yeah. hardcore? Oh, sure. What's up? No sleep. No, no sleep. No, mate. Yeah, loads no of sleep. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> mate, you slept. Deprivation. You've got to stop taking those melatonins. Yeah. You slept for like is twelve that, hours last night. He's the most deluded. To that. I think just stop asking questions. Slept for, for seven hours. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but what's the what's the, what's the benefit of that? What did you have to do? What did you have to do that for? Well, they're trying to make you to see if you can still operate. Um, when you're cold, tired, right. and hungry, right. okay. so they they have to they have to yeah, just yeah do that to you. They have to implement that. I, so I, they're they're going to push you to where you're on rations yeah. for long periods of time on exercise, where you get no sleep, um, and it is freezing cold. So they'll middle of winter they'll put you in the you know rivers and right wherever and um, get you pissed wet through. And then make you go on sentry and wake you up every three hours to go and stand there for an hour and then, you know, all these kind of things. Well, so long as you went without any sleep then? Can you remember? Um, in the Marines. Yeah. It was a few days. Yeah. Wow. That, that's heavy because when, you, when your core temperature cools down and you start sort of shaking, yeah. that's a horrible feeling. Yeah, yeah, when you're tired and hungry. Yeah, tired yeah. and hungry on top of that, and probably yeah. thirsty and eating shit food. Yeah. That <laughs> is like, it limits your like, decision-making yeah. as well, doesn't yeah. it? So that's, you're, that's, you're, what that's, that's what they're trying to do. That's really is, what they're trying to get out yeah. of you. Is like, yeah, limit your, because you know how the brain, yeah, it doesn't function properly. Exactly, tired, yeah. yeah. Um, so then they start asking you questions and sort of seeing how you operate under duress, yeah. so under those sort of situations or circumstances. And you've still got to be able to soldier properly. And yeah, a lot of people just can't hack it, man. Yeah. Um, and you'll be surprised how many people actually voluntarily withdraw. Mm. Wow. Like they don't actually have to kick a lot of people out. I, I, I can't remember the, you know, the percentage, but the majority of them will leave. Wow. On their own. It's really interesting it's you said the, so the sleep deprivation so as well. Because it could have <laughs> yeah. been like, you know, running 
two marathons in a day or like, you know, I don't know, whatever it may be. But the fact that like sleep is resting and it shows how important that is and how painful that can be if you don't get it. And how Yeah, you- yeah. And you'd be surprised how your, I don't know, what do you call it? Like your intelligence or your, how, how your brain slows functions, down. Yeah. yeah, functions. It's just, it's unreal to yeah. the point where eventually you're, you're finding it hard to do simple, basic things. Yeah. Yeah. Basic things. And there you are making yeah. sort of near yeah. life, life and death life. experiences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, but just um, one not bad night's sleep. Anyone like in leading a normal life, you have like three hours, you feel shit yeah. all day. You feel like... And that's like nothing yeah. in comparison. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it must well, be. Well, you know, moving on from that, wait till you get to the SF stuff. Then it, then it ramps up even more. So, What's uh, SF? Special Forces. Special Forces, okay. Yeah, yeah so... Um. Yeah, I don't know if you want to jump into that. Yeah, yeah, so. by all means, yeah. We're so in. I mean, I don't want to jump because yeah, forces I mean, and stuff, so. yeah. Okay, well, I didn't even know that special forces existed. You know, I was pretty naive when I joined the Marines, and then when I joined the Marines, and they were like, um, I went out to Afghan and did all my <coughs> operational tours and stuff like that, and then. I bumped into a couple of guys out there who were doing some like crazy covert stuff. And I was like, and they were just at our uh, Ford operating base where we were based in Afghan. And I was like, who, who are these guys, you know, you know, doing all this covert stuff mm-hmm. and being all sneaky beaky and very quiet. And then someone was like, oh, they're, you know, special forces. They're part of the, I think they were special boat service or special reconnaissance units at the time. I was like, what's that all about? And then started looking into it and finding out about it. Um, and it just turns out there was this next level of soldiering, you know. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, shit, that, that, sounds, that sounds amazing. That sounds awesome. And then I just got that buzz again, mm-hmm. you know, because I was feeling a bit like, okay, I've done the Marines now. I'm feeling a little bit like hitting my ceiling. I want to push myself. What's next? What age is this now? 22. Okay. 22, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I want to, how do I, how do I get into the special forces now? Like, mate, you are, you are way too young and way too inexperienced. You know, you need to do like, I don't know, 12 years and you need to have done like four operational tours around the globe and you need to have certain networks and contacts need to know what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nah, nah, fuck that. And um, so I just went on to um, like our, our system and um, figured out how, how I could apply for it. Mm-hmm. I spoke to my Sergeant Major at the time and he was just like, no, no chance. Um, so I just went around his back and I spoke to the unit down at pool. And I just said, I want to join. They were like, okay, uh, this is what you got to do. Um, and before I knew it, I was on special forces selection, wow. which is over a year long. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's now going from, I don't know, the Marines is tough. That is, that is hard to something else. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, wow. I can't even explain it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it is intense. How long was that, the training then? I can't remember exactly because it just never ends. Right. Um, but it's 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 well over you know a year 
What was the difference? Was it like the intelligence or was it the training or was it a combination of things? Like what um, no, the... they just really step it up. So everything you've sort of done in the Marines, they're just now expecting <coughs> you to know already. Right. So they're expecting you to be able to soldier. They're not there to teach you the basics. Now it's all about how, how well you can soldier. And um, yeah, if you've just got the right temperament. Using your um, initiative. Yeah, 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 you know, but it's it's a temperament, a lot of it. Um, wow, temperament. Yeah, I never heard yeah, that yeah. put in a yeah. job description. <laughs> I've no, heard initiative, but not temperament. No, initiative's there, um, but temperament is a huge thing. Attitude, attitude, temperament, how you what kind of... Conduct yourself, I yeah, suppose, in those yeah, types of situations. Yeah. You know, everyone's different. And now we're looking for, we're looking for a certain type of person. Certain type of character who um, just has certain attributes, um, character-wise, and they're very, very far and few between. I mean, yeah, not a lot of people can pass the Marines. Let's say one percent of the population, and then you take the entire armed forces, and then you, one hundred and eighty or so people are put on selection. Maybe ten pass, or maybe. Wow. Less than that, less than ten. Wow. We'll, we'll get badged. Um, so yeah, it's just, yeah, it's he- pretty heavy, intense. Heavy stuff. Yeah, it's pretty intense. But um, yeah, that's when you start now going into you know, one stage. I don't think I slept for about four, four nights, five nights, four, four days of it. Jeez. To the point of where I was delusional, completely delusional. Um, I couldn't even do the simplest of tasks, like the simplest tasks. And, and that's when they start interrogating you and asking you questions. Wow. Kind of trip you up. I mean, you've seen the programs yeah. on telly. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and believe me, I went through, I was, those guys on the telly, you know, I was serving with them. Um, in fact, one of them I was actually on selection with. I was with them on selection and, um, yeah, it's, it's not like it is on telly. Like, they put you through your paces and, um, did they ever break so you? Delu- Did they ever break you? Um, like, in terms of like your mental state uh, or no, get, getting a reaction no, out of you? Yeah. No, no, I can't. Um, That's yeah. such a testament to your strength yeah. and your willpower, man. But some people do. Some people flash or they just lose it. And, yeah, and, and how long were you there for? I've been here. Um, how long were you doing that for? It's the special forces. Uh, not too long before I was injured. Um, okay. I wasn't doing it for too long, unfortunately. Um, my career was was cut short by my injury, but um, yeah, I did some good stuff, and I was. Um, it was more so. Special forces do a whole bunch of different things, you know. Where where it's not just green army stuff. Um, we work with different agencies, secret agencies around the UK, and we're involved in different countries and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Is it like GCHQ stuff or is it more like MI5, like Secret both. Service stuff? Yeah, yeah, both. Okay. Yeah, um, just working all over the place. There's not a lot I can say that, because I, I, I'm governed by the Disclosure Act. Cool. So there's not a lot I can actually say without being probably arrested or going to court. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, you must have some great stories in your brain though. I've got like, some great wow. stories, yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, but... Stories I can tell you about, you know, yeah, not sleeping and, um, yeah, uh, 
being delusional and thinking like one of one of the stories that's like you um so one of the tests we were in um they were we were being put under resistance to interrogation and uh they were playing this um uh the call to prayer you know the call to prayer it's like um that kind of like it's the call to prayer it's basically the um islamic prayer in the morning that they play over the intercoms in, in um, Islamic countries. And um, they were playing this just over and over and over and over and over. And I was so delusional at one point. I thought they were putting coded messages in it. Wow. But all I could hear was... The same sound. Yeah. But to me, it sounded like they were, it was someone ordering Domino's pizza. So I was mm. like, what? all I could hear was someone saying like, yeah, I'll have a mighty meaty with, <laughs> so with, uh, with pepperoni <laughs> topping, everything. But it was in like Islamic, you know, they uh, had that language. And I, and I yeah. was like, because it's like, no, 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 no. Because it's like, Allah, Allah. Yeah. I thought it was like, salami yeah. and cheese. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. wow. but I was so hungry. Yeah. I, I probably hadn't eaten at this point for like, I don't even know how long I'd gone now without food, but it was yeah. probably four or five days as well. I mean, there's a chance they were doing, were doing that. I've just been in Dubai for three months. And obviously you hear a lot of that from, you know, from the, when you're driving down the road, like they, they have it on speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yes, but I was reading the other day, the military, I know you can't say any of this, but they've released some papers through the Freedom of Information Act. And they have this thing called covert communication. Through radio waves, they can send what they call RF voices or radio frequency voices. So they can actually, you know... Direct but subliminal messages. Yeah. Subliminal messages. Yeah. 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 Maybe, to maybe they were. Maybe they right. were just yeah. like completely messing with our heads. Yeah. But when I spoke to the guys who were also in there, they they thought they were hearing nursery rhymes oh, and all man. kinds of crazy stuff. So I, crazy. I think you're just so delusional. Yeah. So and that's when they then come take you in for like interrogation yeah. and start like like. Is that practice done? So let's say if you are kidnapped by the opposition, yeah, yeah, and, yes, and basically exactly you're you're going to yeah. be interrogated by them because you can Maybe. like you know give off yeah. all this information. Yeah, that's that's exactly what. But, I did. Okay, so I'm gonna sort of a, a green army. It's a good test. Don't like, go through that. Yeah, you know? right. so normal normal stuff. Normal military units don't do anything. So my 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 question to you, and it's kind of like I don't know if you're gonna I don't know if you're gonna answer it, and, and where you're at now, is there not like a side of you now where you just think that's that that's that that didn't strengthen me? That's more damaging. That's like like if I, if I if that happened to me, I just it's traumatizing. Think, yeah, mm. it's like more damaging than actually making me stronger. And is there is there counter effects to that? Because it's like you know you're sitting here now with a, with a clear head. You're not in the special forces, and obviously you've had this this crazy accident. But like it's like. I would be like, well, is this is this is this good for me? And as we and you just mentioned on the sleep, right? Um, We've just a lack yeah. of sleep is not good for you in whatever sense. Like, yeah, no, not, there's, there's I mean, eventually more. you'll die. Yeah, eventually yeah. you will die. Um, so it's just like, is yeah, but it there is the front line. In my the way I see it, right? You guys are on the front line, and you're protecting as long as what the commands that are coming from above, as long as they are with good intent for the people of the country that they're serving, you might be saving. You know, you might be putting your life on the line, right? But you're potentially saving many people's lives. Is that how it's seen? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly 
to me, um, yeah, to me, that's what I, yeah, what it's your purpose, I, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I talk a lot about it in my book about the actual in depth, like a lot of the psychology of it when I was out there, how I was feeling. Um, I talk about what happened when I, um, one of my be- one of my best friends was killed um, on a job right in front of me. Um, that was pretty intense, um, and then we had to repatriate his body back as well, and the psychology behind that, and then where you go to those dark places when you get back, and it all there's that quietness afterwards, mm. where your mind goes then. That's pretty damaging, I'll be honest. That, you, that sticks with you. Yeah. Um, but you've, training, you've obviously got training. a really strong mindset. Like, there must be some guys out there now and girls that are just like, you know, who Abs- just absolutely like, like shattered in their brain. They are. And in their there's body. loads of people who are. You know, there's. Yeah. And there was, a, there, was a, there, was a, there was like a. It's damaging, man. PTSD and um, all these sort of things. And um, oh, it's, it's completely. Yeah, so damaging it can yeah. ruin your life. This is why I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really, I, I, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I'm really on the fence. I'm like, right, one side of, you know, joining the special forces and all these different types of things, got the discipline, the training, the, you know, the fitness, all this kind of stuff is great. And then the other side is like, why? Like, yeah, yeah. What the I fuck? think, I what, think to go to war to do, all the all the other yeah. re, all the other reasons yeah. that are politically controlled just doesn't. It's like what you know. What's the? I mean, would I do, do all that to do that? Probably not. You're a little bit older now, so yeah, I'm better. Yeah, he's got his own reason for they, doing no, that. Look, yeah. look, no, look, no, that's what I'm asking. The military does appeal, and they do target youngsters, youngsters yeah, for a right. reason. Yeah. For a reason, because they're still at that age where they're pretty boisterous, and they're like, they want to prove themselves, mm. and they want to get out there and all, all this macho bravado stuff, yeah. and that appeals to younger generations. Well, I think it's scientifically you know, proven now that you can't change someone if they're over, you can't really change anyone if they're past the age of 34, so anything Plus, before they that. can mould them at that yeah. age as I well. Think, so but don't just, you remember being at school? I remember being at school, and like, I had two or three friends that they would just, they would read army books, they yeah. were fascinated with the, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the gear and the guns, and, and I was like, that's where they're going to go. Yeah. They're still interested now, uh, one of them went that way. And, um, you know, it's just, it's if you're interested in it, you're mm. going to go. But you weren't, you didn't have the propensity when you were young. You like, wanted to be an actor, you yeah. wanted to dance, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's some different. people have that propensity. Like, we had yeah. this guy on yesterday, you're like, he should, should have been in the army. He sort of does these 4,000 mile hikes. <laughs> so, I think, you know, there's, there's a place for uh, everything and everyone. And being patriotic as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. being very patriotic. Yeah. I remember when I was about 21 or something, I was getting into a little bit of trouble and stuff. And my mum said, look, why don't you, like, she said to me, she suggested, you know, joining the army at that point. Actually, my best friend Hickey, he he did, and he's now doing like private security in Afghan. Yeah. And it's very he when he comes back, and he lives, you know, like in in London, he sort of doesn't enjoy it. You know, he sort of like prefers that life of like, I guess there's a level of excitement well, and routine. Well, so that's that's my question. Where is your mindset now? Because obviously, well, yeah, you got to yeah, got to ask yourself so, a question. Like, if I'd never joined the militia, I wouldn't be in this situation, and. Um, what were we fighting for? There's all these big questions, yeah. you know. Where do you th- where do, where's your stand on it now? Like, do you do you love it? Do you think Look, it's like? Do you like, think it's still? I think in life things just happen. You know, you can't you can't prepare for everything and every eventuality. Mm-hmm. It's just physically impossible. You know, all you can do is keep going mm-hmm. and do what 
what you want to do at the time and in the moment. And adapt, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And at the moment, in the moment when I was young, and that that's what I wanted to do. And I, I honestly wouldn't change it. Okay. Like, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't if I could go back, I'd still join the Marines. Yeah. And I'd still do all the things that I did because it was it was amazing. And I made mates for life who would have my back no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they'd literally die for me, literally. Um, and it taught me a lot about myself, about my own character. <coughs> and yeah, okay. Um, the whole thing with Afghan and what were we actually doing out there and other, what was I doing in other countries and things like that. The bigger picture stuff. What it truly boils down to is I think I just wanted to, I think a couple of things. One, I wanted to experience different parts of life, but two, there's always been this part of me that instinctively always wanted to protect and help. So, yeah. And that comes uh, from having, not having the father growing up. It doesn't, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it comes from not having a family. And yeah. Doesn't it? it comes from being alone and, and things like that. So that's what made me fulfilled. You know, and I wouldn't change that for anything. I wouldn't change that for anything. It was your fulfillment, yeah. Yeah. For sure. What's the and connection I, from… I finally found my place in the world. That's yeah, yeah. amazing. Uh, what's the, if you don't mind me asking, what's the connection? Because you know, I'm sure we're all interested in, in your answer. Like, what's the connection between like not having the father, so from having like somebody that's you know not caring to and protecting to you wanting to protect? I'm just trying to put that connection in my mind. Um, that's because none of us. Yeah, have like look, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, I. I I wanted that, um, I don't know, that family and everything so okay. badly. I was just desperate to be part of that. And, and I guess I, you start to look at others who are on a similar path and you feel like you could now help them by maybe just being, I don't know, being somewhere in their life, you know, as that protective figure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, Just giving them yeah, life, yeah. life lessons. I've, as well. I've been, yeah, I've always been susceptible to um, helping someone who's like a like an injured bird syndrome. <laughs> you know what I mean? So no, with you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I just yeah, when I see someone being bullied, or I yeah. see someone who's struggling, or I see someone who needs help, or I just yeah. see, I don't know, instinctively, there's something that just comes over me. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, very can relate to that. It's. Um, and whether that links back to, yeah, not having a strong family, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe it is mm-hmm. to do with that. Could be something else. Could could be just something else. Born with, maybe, yeah, maybe it's just, you know, nature versus nature. I don't yeah. know. No, thanks. I'm asking because, you know, we've got similar things and it's interesting to hear from you. Yeah, like, it's, you know. uh, it's a... Good one. I don't know. Um, so, so after, so you were in the, the forces for what two years, and then you had this accident. Yeah. So coming to the injury, um, basically, yeah, I was on an op um, out in Afghan, and we um, we were going after uh, high value targets, um, and we'd done all our prep, we'd done all our, you know, 
due diligence. We'd been watching this guy for a while and we'd studied the compound and what we were going to do and everything. Um, and basically, all I can remember really is getting prepared to go out on the ground, getting my mind in the right place, you know, getting psyched. Um, and I'd always, always listen to some good music um, just to get me in the zone. I was just about to ask you, what are your like rituals to get you <laughs> yeah. like, G'd up? So I'd definitely know? get in the zone with music. Um, yeah. I love music. It's like, just helps me like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It can really, what did you learn? it can affect your mood, you know. What did you go to? What was your so I, I've always been a bit of like a <coughs> quite heavy alternative rock. So those sort of bands like oh, Disturbed or for this type of thing, yeah, Disturbed, System of a Down. Um, Love System of a Down. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That kind of yeah. like. Chop suey. Yeah, chop suey. <laughs> you know, get get psyched. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and yes. stuff like that. Or I, was, I had a whole playlist and mm. I'd just be listening to this, getting my stuff prepped. And then, yeah, I remember going down to the Helos, getting on the Helos. I remember getting targets in the middle of the night, pitch black. And um, then it just gets vague, to be honest. And so it was at night. Yeah, yeah, it was night. And uh, the last thing I, yes, the last thing I remember is kind of kicking in the door, and then it all just goes black. Uh, and from what I've been told from my colleagues and things, yeah, we went through and we just walked into a wall of bullets, um, and unfortunately, one went straight through my neck. We had it bounced off the side of my helmet. Um, which would have killed me instantly. And uh, yeah, that was me down and out. Um, hit, the, hit the deck. Um, my mates dragged me out, uh, started patching me up, trying to get me, um, well, keeping me alive. Um, sticking their fingers in my neck, um, stem the bleeding. And yeah, just trying to keep me alive, basically. Um, but I don't remember any of that. I just remember waking up six months, six, about three months later, and, and back in the UK. Um, yeah, because I was in an induced coma for three months. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, you remember? Flat on my back. Three months yeah, later. Yeah. Three months later, waking up and being in Birmingham, Birmingham Hospital, with like half doctors, people over me going, "No shit, he's actually, he's actually alive. He's actually awake." Because they thought I was brain dead. Um, because where the bullet hit um, was so high to, so close to the, the brain and the skull, they weren't too sure if I was brain dead or not. And they couldn't do an MRI scan to check because there was still fraction or fragments of bullets <coughs> in my neck. Right. We all know, like, you know, MRIs yeah. work on magnets. magnets. So they were like, we can't do an MRI. So we don't know how much brain damage he's got. So was so it directly, directly in the front of the neck, yeah? Yeah, no, no, it's to the side. Ah, okay. It went straight in the side, hit my spine, and came out the other side. Oh, wow. Yeah, AK-47, 7.62, close range. So, like, yeah, not, not for, I don't know, 10 meters. Wow. Uh, Mate, it's like a miracle. You're alive, really. Yeah. It is, it is in a way, yeah. Um, it's like the luckiest and the unluckiest because... It did enough damage to, you know, paralyze me for life and probably put me in a 
one of the worst situations you can imagine and then didn't kill me at the same time. Mm-hmm. So lucky, unlucky, it depends how you look at it. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people would have said I should have died then and there. And I've asked myself that question. I wish, you know, do I wish I'd died? You know, that, and that, oh. that haunts me because I ask myself that a lot of times when it gets tough because it does get tough. You know, I can't move. I can't do anything myself. Um, 24-7 care. Um, yeah, I have a lot of health implications. It's mega hard for me to travel. Um, you know, I'm on medication for the rest of my life. That's tough. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Just the things so that we take. I ask myself that all the time, you know. Yeah, just the things that we take for granted every day, the simplest yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, like breathing. And, I literally you know, can't, I can't breathe. Yeah, so you've got um, breathing apparatus. Yeah. Talk us yeah, through that because we can hear it now with the, with the breathing. So, yeah, so this is machine, that, like, gives me a breath, keeps me alive. And what is it? Is it connected to you? Where is it connected to? It goes so down, it goes down. straight into my throat. Yeah. Through trachea, tracheostomy, and then it just pushes air basically into my lungs. Because wow. I, I, my diaphragm is paralyzed, so I can't actually breathe. So if you disconnect this, God. I've got to hold my breath. So, so it went through. It went to the side, and it went through the spine. So yeah, it, it was the spinal cord is the main damage, right? Yeah. Is there? Is there, I mean, you know, thanks, first of all, thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's like a really, you know, it's, uh, I know it's, it's just, you know, I, could, I, can't, I can't even imagine, right? We, we just, we can't imagine what. It's intense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, mm-hmm. there's words that you can't really. So I guess, you know, you know this, I've been reading so much about Neuralink. Have you, and, and I know they're open. Yeah. Yeah. That's Elon Musk stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they're opening now to people that are paralyzed. They're like open a list like six months ago. Is all of, you know, you really believe in it, don't you? I do really believe in it because like, that's why it depends what's damaged. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny one. And I've looked, I've also looked into a bit of it. Um, you've got to be careful, first of all. I mean, how, how well they've trialed these things. They, they've trialed it like incredible. Yeah. In my opinion, they've done 1,500, I could be wrong here, but it's like 1,500 primates. Right, okay. They're, they're doing human trials this year. And Elon Musk said, he either said he would put it in himself or he'd put it in one of his kids. So, it, Okay, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. a bold statement. Yeah, I mean, mm. the, the, one, the one thing everyone looks for in these situations is, is it FDA approved? He's, okay, so there's another that, company called Paradromics who have been FDA approved who do okay. brain implants. Yeah, a friend yeah. of mine's just invested in them in, in Dubai, actually. And um, they have not got their FDA approval, but I believe they will, uh, Neuralink. So they've done yeah. lots of animals. And but what actually happens? Explain what actually happens. Like, to just so they it. have this thing called a microfabrication rope. Do you want to, is that all right to chat about this? Of course, mate. Yeah, cool, cool. yeah, please. I, I, Enlighten you know, me. I'd love to know about it. Yeah, because it is. So, so um, they have this thing called a, a microfabrication robot. And it basically, they don't use a neurosurgeon because it's so, so he's a robot that works at the nano level. Now, the crazy right, thing yeah, to that's, me. That's really small. Yeah. Really small. So, so uh, you're, 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 your neurons in your brain, you've got like 82 billion neurons, right? And every neuron is roughly let's say 10 microns across. This robot goes in, it moves with your breath, it moves with your brain, it moves whenever you move, when the bed moves, in exact unison at that nanofabrication scale. It puts at single neuron resolution level these things they call laces and they're wires, and at the moment they're up to about 3,200 of these wires, individually in neurons. And they use a very clever substrate that makes sure that the, the, the... 
brain neuron tissue, the, the axons grow around it properly without it looking like a foreign body. That's yeah. then controlled remotely. And what they're now doing is they're, they're, they're having connections to different parts of the spinal cord and different parts. So by thinking, like they've actually done it with animals, the animal can play a game by thinking, they just give it water and the animal can think and to play Pong, you know, with the computer, yeah, yeah, moves yeah, a joystick yeah, right, yeah. through the brain. It's intense. Yeah, and they've opened it up this year for human trials. So I, I just, I'm just thinking on like a, you know, a positive is that like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm always open to new stuff coming through. Um, the thing you got to be careful is hope. Hope is a dangerous yeah. thing. It's a mega dangerous thing. And I, I say that because I've seen guys in similar situations to me just get into huge debt, spend all their money, all their time obsessing about yeah. a cure or a fix or something, and they yeah. just go downhill. Yeah. They get let down time and time again, yeah. and they're now flat broke, living on benefits. they got nothing because um, they've gone off to China or they've yeah. gone, off, gone off to some crazy-ass experimental thing yeah. because they've been promised to get their life back. And I get yeah. that, man. I get that because yeah. I would give anything for my life back. Right. You know, I really would. Mm -hmm. But you got to be careful. you got to so, be smart. I don't think that they would charge for the first year or two. Like, I don't think that they can charge, you know, for the first year. And it's, right. you know, I mean, he's first of all, he's the richest man in the world, right? And, and he's doing it for good things. You know, he could do it for other reasons to connect your brain to a computer, right? But he's doing it for really good reasons, right? So, and it's actually... That's so interesting, yeah. So, so, to me, I don't think he'd charge, and I think it would be a <coughs> case study for him. At all, no, they, no, at the beginning... But what could that right? do for Toby? What, what could that... Could well, that reconnect is, his... Yeah, so basically, you're, you've got... In your brain, you've got... Toby's going to know more than me, but you've got motor neurons, right? So you've got different parts of the brain. There's a guy called Penfold in, who back in World War I, he would operate, who would do neurosurgery on people. And what he realised is if he touched certain parts of the brain, they would speak, their mouth would move, their knee would move, their arm would move. So they did this thing, it's called the homunculus, and they basically were managed to map different parts of the brain to all the parts of the body. So they know exactly if you move this part of the brain, and it's called a, a potential. If you excite particular neurons, a cloud of neurons, with an electric potential, you will, your arm will move, right? right okay. Your leg will move. So obviously, it's, you know, it's quite, you know, but the, the fact that he now owns a big part of OpenAI, which is, you know, ChatGPT and all these very advanced AI software, yeah. the fact that he's got the hardware that's really, really good, and they're doing human trials this year, you know, it makes, I, I, it just, it was the first thing that kind of came into my head because, yeah, what you were saying about the choice of when it happened, I, you know, I can really empathize, sympathize with that, that choice, you know, that like it would have killed most people. So of course, you know that. And, and yeah. I, I think a lot of people must think about that. Even when it hasn't happened to them, I've, I've often thought, what happens if this happens? Do you know what I mean? It goes through your head. So it's super interesting to, yeah. to you know, know. It like, is, it is. I mean, I, I find the whole thing fascinating, you know. How I survived apparently is a medical mystery. Right. Literally is a medical mystery. Um, because you got to think I was in the middle of the desert, pitch black. Um, it took, when I was shot, you know, by the time they'd called the nine-liners and to come and get me, I'd been dragged out. They'd started working on me. That probably took, you know, 10 minutes, I'd stop breathing, stop breathing instantly. Right. Right. So you think 10 minutes to get me out of the compound. Yeah, that's and normally then, enough for brain damage. Yeah. 
Yeah, because what is it, four minutes till brain damage, yeah. let's say? Yeah. Um, permanent brain damage. And then they start trying to resuscitate me, do all this sort of thing. Um, he's not breathing. He's not breathing. He's got a pulse, but he's not breathing. Right. Then they got to call in the helos. That takes, you know, 15, 20 minutes for him to get to you. Right. They had to fly me to the closest American Yank base, which I, I believe is another 20 minutes, which is a 40-minute flight. From there, it was only a small outpost. From there, they had to get me back to Bastion, Camp Bastion, which was, I think, eight hours south. Wow. And then from Bastion, they could then stabilize me and then repatriate me back to the UK. Once I got to Birmingham, they did then three mega operations to try and figure out what was going on and how much they could repair. Um, I mean, literally, they had to basically, because my, my back of my neck was only being held on by skin, basically. Wow. So that's cut right through that. My head literally flopped forward. The only thing holding it was the front of my neck and then operates and try and save my life. Three eight-hour surgeries, I think, um, so the, the to try and fix me or save my life. And they were just like, there's no way he's either going to die. He's either going to die from the, you know, the stress and strain on his body or he's going to be completely brain dead and we'll have to switch the machine off anyway. So it was like completely, yeah. Just, Did I read somewhere that they, they were going to switch the machine off? Yeah, anyway? they were going to switch it off. They were like, they had certain, it was like, yeah. Um, so, so what kept it on? Well, I mean, they, they did, they asked my brother and he was like, no, I, I want to, you know, I want to, I just want to try. I just want to see what happens if we slowly bring him out of the induced coma. And the, the, the surgeons in that were like, you know, it's risky, mate. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, they, yeah, they did. did and slowly like wean you off those induced coma drugs and things and, and um, started coming around, you know. Okay, just, so, just to take you back, sorry, James, go on. Sorry, sorry, yeah, just um, like biologically, so the spine was like completely shattered, right, if, yeah. if your neck was forwards. Mm -hmm. But obviously, you know, it's still pumping blood to your heart. So did they repair any of the veins or, and, and the nerves or were they yeah, all yeah. intact? Yeah, so two of the main arteries, you know, your four arteries in your neck that supply your brain with yeah. blood, two of the ones at the back were severed. Right. And they had to be capped um, with what they call a coil. Right. Um, it's like this little, they put, a, they put a little camera in your groin and they go up through your arteries and it goes up, um, little mega, mega thin camera, goes right up and then they repair it like with these robots and stuff you're talking about. Wow. And they put a little coil in your artery and they cap it off to stem the bleeding. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why they were like convinced there was mega brain damage to the back of my head. Right. There was no blood flow to the back of my brain. For a long time. For a very long time. Wow. It's um, crazy. So, yeah, the whole thing is messed up. The whole thing is messed up. Um, and, yeah, it's just a bit of a medical mystery. I don't know. Um, but at the same time, I was incredibly fit. Yeah. Incredibly strong-willed. Um, and I'm not trying to, like, just pick myself up there. But it's just part of the job. Uh, and if I'm honest, I remember in the coma just not wanting to die. <laughs> wow. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was like this intense feeling of 
So you remember you being this far? Yeah, sort of I just, thing, yeah, I just could, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. So do you remember today, being in the coma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. okay. Yeah, you have these like crazy ass mm. dreams. You can't differentiate between uh, reality and dream world. Oh. So you're walking around. It's mad, isn't it? And I couldn't differentiate because I was like, mental. all of a sudden, I was back in South Africa. <coughs> And I was walking around my, my, outside the streets along my house in the middle of the dark, walking around, and there was this, like, thing dangling off my neck. And I was like, what is this thing around my neck? And I couldn't get it off. Wow. Yeah, because you know it's yeah, in the dream. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, what's reality, what's not reality? And you're jumping from, like, place to place. And, um, you know, you got all these uh, weird, vivid images and, Flashbacks of your childhood, and you're oh, going playing tricks place, on you. Yeah, yeah, your mind's just. There's uh, a film called Awake Hyperdrive. about that. Have you seen it? Yeah, you seen it? Yeah? I've heard of it. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's good, man. It's really yeah. good. It's um it's Jessica Alba and, and Hayden. Uh, I can't remember his name. The guy who was in Star Wars, but he's he has this operation, and it, apparently, there's a crazy number of people that are awake. Yeah, yeah. During I'm, operations, I'm convinced something. Your brain's still active. yeah. Oh, all, brain's still going on. Most brain operations are done when you're awake because you can't feel your brain. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and these drugs, yeah, they sort of numb parts, but I don't think they know exactly what's going on, yeah. especially with comas and stuff and, you know, those near-death experiences. Yeah. I'll be honest, no one really knows what's going on. There was no, like, lights at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. You know, I wasn't walking to the end, you know, yeah. to lights at the end of the tunnel, stuff like that, and I didn't just turn around and decide that. No, it was just... This overwhelming feeling of like, I am going to resist no matter what. Yeah. Wow. I do not want to die today, you know? And it was just. I've fighting, never heard that before. Just never fighting heard that. that feeling, yeah. just fight that feeling. Like, whenever you feel like I want to give up, yeah. just be like, no, I'm not, no, not today. Because in a weird way, you, you, were, you were dead, like essentially. Yeah, yeah. In a weird way, you were dead, but yeah. there was something in your brain. Yeah. And the idea of you dreaming and, and going to like, it's, uh, that, that's just, I've never heard that before. I was that's resuscitated really... twice, so my heart stopped twice, you know. So, yeah, I don't know what happened, but... Not to question... to get me back somehow. Not to question your decision-making, but uh, to take you back to this scenario, would there be anything that you sort of thought to yourself, we could have prevented something, or when you were sort of kicking down that door, the, the, the bullets yeah. are coming at you... So, could you say to yourself, you know, maybe is. could there be a... There is. There is um, quite a few things. I mean, this is where that chain of command comes in. Oh, yeah, shit. When you're told to do something, when do you resist? When you say, no, I'm not doing that, you know. Um, when you said it was planned and, and it was put together properly. Like yeah, it, it was planned and everything, but... The, the problem we had was there was there was women and children on target. Um, and at this time, um, there was a lot of political stuff going on about how, and there still is actually, about how British soldiers were killing or, or there was a lot of casualty rates, civilian casualty rates in Afghan and these sort of places. Um, so we were getting a lot of pressure from the government uh, to try and you know, stop that. Not just um, drop a drone bomb yeah, on, exactly. on it, yeah. That's probably yeah. what we would have done, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. why, why put yourself at risk when you can just drone strike, just mm -hmm. level the entire compound? Mm -hmm. um, but you can't do that when it's women and children and, you know, you've got rules of engagements, which I'm not going to go into because mm -hmm. 
that's like a book that's thick as anything. Um, but yeah, so we got onto target, and then yeah, it, the call came down. We can't we can't do our normal methods of entry, which right. is you know probably pack PE. Man, it's crazy. But it's crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about it for hours. Um, yeah, I mean, you just, it's crazy shit. You're the bravest man I've ever met. Oh, no, 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 don't. Like, no, there's, there's guys out there that are still out there, you know. Yeah. Doing stuff out there. But just to hear your story, you it's know, so the fact you're all, you, the fact that you're all still put together. You're, you know, you're smart. You, you got your light. You got your yeah, energy, yeah, and that's light. some stuff I'd love to talk about as well. You know? Yeah. I've come on to like going back and re, re, re building my last brick yeah. by brick, mm-hmm. piece by piece. You know, building that kind of. Um, not everything saying, probably at the building. Yeah, everything. yeah. Not just saying, oh well, yeah. I might as well just give up now. Yeah, yeah. So just, pack it in. Oh, like, just, yeah, you know, it's quite easy. My military done. pension, medical pension. I'm Even like, I'll be alright. I'll just do nothing and contribute nothing and be just be. Burden on society, basically. Even mo- even Which like I could I, do quite easily. Yeah, I, I'm really interested. In like the first moment that you um, yeah. that you laughed or something, because you know, just something that you did that was normal is like okay, like I don't know, just like you must have just felt so like oh okay, I'm a bit back to me. I'm a bit back to like myself. Yeah, I mean, it took a long time, mate. It took a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, that took a while. Like I had to, like I had to go through a lot of therapy, man. Really. Yeah, I was left on my own for a long time. And there were points, and I talk, I talk about this more in depth again in my book, about I did get to a point where, yeah, I wanted to kill myself. You know, I wanted to turn the ventilator off. Um, and I figured out that I, that I could actually do that. It was legal for me to do that in the UK. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, because... Anyone has the right to, re- to refuse medical treatment or um, yeah, medical intervention. Anyone has that human right. Um, we all know we can't commit suicide in the UK, but you are allowed to refuse medical treatment. And this ventilator, which is keeping me alive, is classed as Treat- medical treatment. treatment. Wow. So I'm legally allowed to refuse to, refuse to have this. Wow. And there must be like days where you just go, fuck this. All I need is two psychiatrists to convince me. Well, not to convince me, to, to make sure that I'm not, You're not clinically insane or depressed or in any sort of like psychological duress or, or you know, under any psychological pressure. Wow. So, so there's light at the end of the tunnel here where... You know, you're now starting to almost like yeah, be reborn again. Dark, like, dark stuff. But no, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're putting your life together, brick yeah, by what, brick. What, what, are both, together, what are both sides like of that? So there's, you know, there's one side where okay, you know, I can stop, stop this. But there's the other side where, you know, I'm writing books. I'm going to help other people. There's things like Neuralink, exponential growth of technology, so freaking yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like, what are the both sides? What do you mean both sides? So like, like, like what's the good, you, what's you, the you good could, thing you, he's no, having there? You've considered that before, right? You've yeah, considered yeah. it. Yeah, considered it. And then why did I choose to, like, I guess what, go down the other path? Yeah, no, no. So it, you, you've considered that before. So that's sort of one side. So you've got one side that said that. Was there a certain point where, like a number of years, where you said, okay, I now live with it. I'm now, I'm, I'm now going the other way where I'm happy and I'm not going to think about that side of things. Yeah, again. yeah. I mean, I did get to, like, that... T-junction in my life where 
I had to make a decision because I just couldn't stay where I was. Yeah. Um, and I guess I just decided, yeah, I want to, I think I still, have, I, I still feel like I have something to give, mm-hmm. something to contribute. Um, and I also thought I'm just going to give it a, I'm just going to give it a damn good go mm-hmm. again. I want to give it a damn good go again. Yeah. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Can't get worse than this, can it? You know what I mean? So let's let's just give it balls to the walls you know, and just go out there and… Man, you've you know, still seen balls to the walls. Yeah. That's great. That's, <laughs> you know, and, that's proof your energy and light is still with you. That's amazing. Yeah. So, did, did you feel you had to like let go of a part of you? Yeah, to, yeah. To that, be like, right, that person's so, almost like dead now to then… Re- exactly. That's re- exactly what it was. Yeah. That's exactly, be reborn again to… So… I had to accept and grieve that that Toby that was before my injury died. That person died. And I was, you know, this new person is now here. But, you know, there's parts of that person that are still alive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, uh, parts of you that are that are strong parts of you that you can pass on and you can still, you know, um, you know, pass on to others. So I had to go through that grieving cycle and I had to accept that, yeah, that, you know, that part of me that had died um, and that took a long time to, to, to accept, but I, I did accept it and life moves on, you know, that's one thing that that's out of our control. You know, the sun will rise tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. You know, all you can do is just roll with it. Um, and here you are, like you're a full force, a, a bright energy. You're, you're, well, yeah, you're writing yeah. your story and it's, yeah, it's... So far, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good, it's been a good journey so far. Um, I've tried to do as much as I can. Try to show people that, um, you know, no matter how bad it gets or no matter how bad the situation is, there is still something you can do no matter what it is. What, um, what would you say is the main, I'm trying to like dissect your, like, okay, you're, you're telling your story. What's, what do you think is the main thing that's going to help other people? Because obviously I, I, I look at you and just, I'm just like, wow, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a miracle you're here. And it's a really good testament to, you know, always continue your life no matter how bad a situation gets, you know, and people, people, people kill themselves for less, like way less, you know? So it's like, I see that, that positive impact you're having, but what's the one thing for you where you're like, okay, I'm directly, what area do you think you're directly helping other people? Or would, maybe you don't know this yet, but you know, through the book and everything, what's the, um, where's your impact? Where is my impact? Um, Yeah. I've tried to do a lot of things. Um, I mean, it's one of the reasons I wrote this book. It wasn't to try and show off. It wasn't to try and write some special forces, what we call a biceps and bullets mm. book on heroic stories and going in gun ho and all this stuff you've heard before. This book is about, you know, the man behind the soldier and how to overcome difficulties and challenges and the mindset that can get you through difficult times and, and then showing that by example. So that's the reason I wrote the book because I never actually wanted to write this book 
it was it was a part of me that wanted to help other people. So mm-hmm. yeah, so this book I'm hoping will help other be- people get through tough times and inspire inspire youngsters who we all know nowadays is a tough time for youngsters. Mm-hmm. Like you're yeah. saying with this woke generation and and all these <sighs> pressures of social media and bullying and so on and so forth. And uh, I just think this book could help a lot of people mm. by telling my story. So that's one of the reasons I want to continue being around is because as my story goes on, it, it actually builds and gives more accreditation to the story that I can pass on. To well, that's the thing. Show you... people that it's possible. Man. Yeah. Um, and you can still be happy and you can still like, you can still be a driving force in this world. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's the just big. Gotta, just keep fighting, you know. What I, mean? I think the big takeaway is is the pinnacle of you know having the right mindset, and I, th- yeah, I suppose I all the training that you went through those those traumatic experiences where you had to, you know, the the sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. um, you know, challenging yourself, the interrogation, those sort I of led you to have helped. the strongest mindset now to then f- be fulfilled, uh, you know, alongside your injury. Yeah, know, I mean. Uh, it certainly helped. It certainly helped. Um, but I don't think that's the full story. Um, and I can't explain what the full story is. But, yeah, the military mindset certainly has helped. But there were attributes there before, you know, um, that's gotten me through a lot of shit in my life before I even thought about joining the Marines or the military. You know, um, the military just bolted on some, some good tools that I... That I, yeah, had in my toolbox to use. To, just harnessed your, yeah, yeah, your just, character, just, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, just really amplified it. I really like the, um, you know, the idea that you're helping, like, this book could be read by some 22-year-old, you know, soldier now anywhere. Yeah, it could be world. read by Or anyone. it could be read by, like, you know, I've been, I've a girl actually, being bullied in a bedroom, you know? It's, that's, it's, that's what it is. It that, could be read the, by anyone. That's yeah. the nice... I start, when, when Matt told me about you, I started listening to it on Audible, and I'm like, it's not actually just for soldiers. Like, it will help yeah. anyone yeah. that's in a, you know... And that's, that's the angle I was taking on it, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's got everything from... Hey, I want to connect... Half stories and everything. Yeah. And, and it talks about what I'm doing now, you know, and, and how far I've come... Uh, started my own business. I went back to business school. Mm-hmm. I'd, I've done a degree um, in business, which was hard. And they wanted to give me, you know, certain leeways when I was at university. And I got really pissed off at that. And <laughs> said, no, I don't do it like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I'll do it the hard way. Um, I don't want extra time <coughs> for exams or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, or... Special classes or special tutors. Special treatment. Yeah, 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 don't treat me like different. Um, and building my business, uh, I think actually going back to your last question there, Matt, you know, what, what is my legacy? What am I leaving behind? What, are, what am I achieving that's going to help others and make an impact? Um, so I've started this company called Bravery. It's called Bravery for obvious reasons, but it's a, it's a wicked extreme sports brand. And it's all about exactly... Everything we've just talked about, you know, pushing forward, striving, you know, yeah. getting over your fears, conquering what's in front of you. Um, yeah, it's an extreme sports brand, but I think, you know, when you face that 30, no, okay, 10 foot wave or whatever, and you're like, oh man, I don't know if I should be doing this. 
that's the same feeling as if you were going to have to get up and do a public speak or you're going to have to do yeah. something in front of your classmates or, you know, you're going to have to challenge yourself or put yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. It's the same thing and you can learn a lot from that. I love that because the idea right. of someone doing that and looking down like, you know, you're repping the bravery. Yeah, yeah. And you just you know, imagine doing that, looking down and going, actually, no, I am brave enough to do this and let's, exactly. let's do it. Exactly. Or, really or nice I conquered my, my addictions. Yeah. Or fears. Or fears because yeah. I'm brave enough to do it. And, yeah, yeah. So, I wanna, so that's what the company's all about and that's how it, I think that can help a lot of people as well. You know? Yeah. And it's just a gnarly brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so which, I, which I dig, you know, it's got a, it's got a real, like, just a real raw edge. Yeah. yeah. I dig. I want to chat to you about a film, man. There should be a film on this. And I've been playing around my ideas in my head thinking this should be turned into a film. There was. Well, you know, maybe one day. Yeah. No, because there's, uh, you were going to say about Kajaki, that film. No, no. Uh, there was a film where this kid was in a car incident and he sort of woke up and the board was sort of spinning and they slowly, I think he lost both of his arms then lost his legs. Right. And I think it's like he won't get far or something like that and that you know they've, they've re- they wrote a book and I think they've just made a film about right. it with a yeah I'll, I'll tell you after, when we finish because there's, yeah. there's another film that I'm doing now which is which, which would have I think would have a similar structure um, but I probably can't say too much about it but yeah it's uh, it, there's, I mean, there's, it's, there's it's, it's, it is an intense story yeah it's crazy but are, yeah when I woke up the, the surgeons were like oh he's never going to be able to retain it He's going to have half the brain capacity as he ever would have. If he can even speak, it would be a miracle um, that there are only be able to blink. And there was no way they would have ever thought I'd be able to go back to school and do a full-on business degree um, and start a business. Did it take time to come out of that? Or did did you, you told us a bit about when you woke up and you're like, you know, what what the hell, where am I? But could you speak? Flipping crazy shit. Could you speak and everything, or did like, it take months to like be able to talk again? Yeah, like, yeah, what was I couldn't that? talk. Oh, so but, you couldn't um, say anything. Well, because they blocked off the tube, so I get proper air. But once I could talk, I I actually thought I was being interrogated. Wow. Yeah, I thought oh, I'd no been way. captured. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I thought because <laughs> the last thing I remember is being in a firefight. You know what I mean? I remember being in. You know, okay, we weren't actually in Afghan. Yeah, the last thing I remember is being in a firefight and now waking up flat on my back, can't move, confused, proper drugs, and I know what it's like being on drugs, and I know what it's like being on hardcore drugs as well. And I was like, this feels familiar. I reckon I'm being, you know, they pumped me full of truth serum and they're trying to interrogate me. (coughs) And I'm looking up, there's people with masks, um, bright lights, bright lights takes me back to interrogation phase again. And I'm thinking, yeah, wow. this is exactly what I've been prepping for. Sounds like the Manchurian, so start, Manchurian candidate. Yeah, <laughs> so I start going through what my, my training. I start going through the motions of, you know, don't don't say anything, don't say anything. That's fascinating. So, you know, oh, and then God. I start thinking, okay, I can give them name, rank, number, and and that and religion. That's that's like the first step. So I start saying just my name, rank, number as in my military number yeah. and, and my religion, you know, and I start um, getting angry at people and I start saying, don't, you know, don't fucking touch me, I'll fucking kill you and all that shit. You know, getting really angry at certain people and they keep trying to convince me it's, I'm, not, I'm not being interrogated and this, and they keep trying to bring in people that I'd recognise, but then I'd slip back into a coma 
is after bringing you out slowly, I slip back into a coma, your pupils dilate, and you're just gone, you just switch off, and then you're back in dreamland, and then you come to again, and then you have to go through the whole process again mm. of trying to figure out what the hell is going on, you know? And then they stop you from slipping back then? Because, I, I mean, maybe I sound stupid here, but what's, what's stopping you from just slipping into a coma? Like uh, They can't, they can't. So you just, one minute you're there and you're right. talking, and then the next minute your pupils dilate and you stop talking. But could it happen to you now, for example? No, 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 no. no. Right. These, are, these are chemical-induced comas. Oh, right, okay. Right. So you've got chemicals like, oh, oh, oh. They're basically strong anesthetics. Mm-hmm. You know when you go under general anesthetics, so midazolam, yeah. propofol, have you heard of Probovol? That's the one Michael Jackson died from. Oh, yeah. You know, oh. sleeps in, you know, uh, that's yeah. stuff they put you under when you go for like a, say you were going for any operation when they were going to knock you out. They use stuff like that. Right. Um, so they keep you like sedated, basically. Mm-hmm. And then they slowly wean you off these drugs, but they have to do it so slowly, the stuff's still floating around in your body. So sometimes it just hits part of your brain. Yeah. And <laughs> I've been talking to my brother and next thing, you know, my pupils would dilate, and he'd be like, Tobes, Tobes? And then the doctor would be like, no, he's gone. He's, yeah, he's gone. He's not what you. Oh, and man. then you'd wake up, and they'd have to try and explain everything again. And you'd be like, where the fuck? Where am I? What's going on? Who, who are you? Why are you here? Why is my brother here? You know, uh, where are my mates? Again, where are my yeah. mates? You know, um, so they had to bring in my sergeant major to debrief me and tell me, you know, this is not, what's happening. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been captured. Oh. Not you haven't been flown to oh. Pakistan or, or uh, Japan or China for you know tests or whatever. Wow, that's this one of the scariest things I've ever heard. That's yeah. Yeah. one of the scariest yeah. things I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. that must have done to your brain is no, like, like, like oh, just getting shot or in pain or whatever. Like compared to that, to like that, yeah. Psycho, it's like a psychological I mean, brain Actually, fuck. that's a good point. We didn't even talk about I, I mean, a couple of weeks before, I was shot in the neck. I was shot in the arm. I got shot through the arm from a sniper. Like, yeah, 100 meters out. And, and on another job somewhere else. And um, I mean, that was crazy enough, you know. The reality of that, being shot. You know, someone's just tried to take your life. Like a human being has just tried to kill you. I, you try and put that into perspective. And so you know, got blown I, up as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was nowhere near nothing compared to a human being trying to take your life. Yeah. You, know, you don't know whether to be angry or like scared or upset. Yeah. Or, um, or try to reason. Try, yeah, you like you know. Obviously, in the in the moments, I was just like shit, shit. You know, <coughs> defend, defend, defend. Yeah. Get to the compound. Do your job. Do what you're trained to do. Um, but afterwards, you try and mentally process that. It's like a couple of inches to the to the left, and I'd be dead, you know. Um, but then you, you try and yeah, like what must have been going through his mind? Mm. You know? They're so really. Um, yeah, when he pulled that trigger, he yeah, was like, "I'm, I'm trying to kill this I'm guy." Kill this guy, you know. And he probably saw you if he's on the sniper as well. Yeah, he yeah, saw he's you. Sniper, okay, yeah, bang. Scope, yeah. Um, the, there's something really interesting about that. I hate to keep going back to films, but it's like, it's, it, did you ever see the um, All Quiet on the Western Front? Yeah, is that, I mean, that's a new one. Yeah, it's actually, it's, actually, it's actually based on an old film. It came from out, the Ger- yeah. Is it from the Germans' perspective? came out in 19th. From the Germans' perspective. Yeah. Yeah, 1931, they did a new really one. really interesting from the Germans' perspective. Yeah. And I can relate to so much of that. 
for, for like for, for anyone that I mean, it, it, you know, nominated and won the Oscar for best Brilliant. foreign film. Yeah. It, it's yeah, it's cool. unbelievable. It's basically about the the German perspective, but it's how they, you know, persuade these kids to go to war. And the thing that hit me that's linking back to your story, and there's there's been other films on this where you know um, during World War Two it was like Christmas Christmas Day. And they all put their firearms down, and the Germans and the and the Brits came together, came had, together a, had yeah, a big party. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of um, uh, Once Upon a Time, uh, no, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, you know, the war had ended. Basically, the war had ended, and they said to the kids, like, if you want to go back out and have one more go, this is the time to do it. It ends in like thirty minutes, you know. We declared the war's going, it ends in thirty minutes, and they made all the kids go back out, you know, to and they all just basically like. because you know and they didn't need to because 30 minutes later the war would have ended but it's like it's that thing of like like you said what goes through the other person's mind and you know it's it's just that like you're you're trying to kill each other but then also all of a sudden it's like Christmas day yeah and then you're like having a pie yeah yeah probably probably get along as friends in in a completely different environment that's what they say like Michio Kaku this guy he like one of the founding fathers of string theory he has like different levels of civilization, like level zero, one, two, three, and four. And like level zero is where people are trying to kill everybody. Do you know what I mean? And then level one is where, you know, you're at level two is like you're able to time travel and stuff like that. And he's right. like, we're still at level zero where. Just trying to kill everyone. It's so true. basic. Yeah. I, I, That's I, so I, true. I, you know what? I was talking to That's someone so about true. this the other day. Like we are in our evolutionary scale, like we are so primitive and so basic that we're actually still fighting over resources and killing each other as a species mm-hmm. over the same resources yeah. you know what I mean yeah. territory yeah. territory it's like it's yeah. barbaric it's, it is it's so barbaric and it makes everyone's like oh yeah you human beings are so intelligent and we're this and we're that we're, we're not, really not. not we're not so crude and we we act on just impulse and, yeah. Yeah. and instinct and we're fighting like 90% of the time it's Ridiculous. Like fighting proxy wars now, you know, we've got British tanks going into Ukraine, you yeah. know, Americans. Yeah, proxy jets. wars, exactly. It's just like, like it's might, yeah. we've got like British soldiers there, we've got American soldiers there. I mean, might as well be there. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's yeah. But we that's don't why, actually want to say we're there. That's Sorry. why um, we don't actually want to say we're there. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all yeah. like, it's uh, it 2.8 is, billion we're giving, UK's giving now, you know, a year to, to, to it's crazy. I, I, I do agree with that, and it's, it's weird because the the only thing that really really fascinates me is saying really I sound really primordial to say this, but it's just a plane in the sky. I just think that's that, that's incredible. But that's why I was like so kind of debute your status of like the AI changing things in the next couple of years because it's just we're so we think we're smarter than we are, and we, we're so far away. Like you know, if people are still hungry and still you know all this starving, today. starving, yeah, and yeah, all yeah, these yeah. different yeah. things of governments yeah, and you know, wars. Like a, you know, like a t- uh, like one and a half billion people are overweight, but one and a half billion people. Haven't got enough money to eat. They're below the poverty. Yeah, so it's just yeah, like it is. It is yeah. It's yeah. just to us, we're gap. still so wealth basic. Gap. The, yeah. 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 yeah, we haven't is incredible. Yeah. One one percent of uh, was it the uh, sorry, what did I say? Um, it used to be ninety ten. No, it's yeah, no, it's yeah. It's one one percent yeah. of the yeah. population have ninety nine percent of the world's wealth. Yeah, yeah. ninety nine percent of the of the population have one percent of the world's wealth. Yeah, it's, but a lot of it. So could, the, a lot, a lot of it could be so easily fixed. Oh, yeah. You know, there's yeah, like yeah. a huge yeah, amount of pensioners yeah. in the UK, right, that like uh, below the poverty line pensioners, right, that have worked all their lives and they're getting hit now with like CO2, like ULES bills and things. Yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah, it is, it's, it's very corrupt. That's why, that's why I think it's like, that's why I think we're probably like all a bit messed up with all social media and stuff. Because I think, I think we think we're ahead of what we are and we're not. 
because there's certain things, there is technology and certain things that exist, which is kind of almost too advanced for us. Even when you just think about the stars or the universe, that just blows your mind. You can't comprehend yeah, it. You yeah. just really can't. It doesn't matter how much you dissect it. You just can't comprehend that anything is like just infinite. So I think we're just kind of maybe at that stage where we, we think we're too far ahead. Like I said, we're just, we're just basic. All we're doing is yeah. trying to survive, yeah. going around killing each other, yeah. like, you know, lying or ripping each other off in some, yeah. in some form. We've got a lot of it, like, very intelligent, like, technologies and stuff. Mm. That is, you know, amazing stuff. But, but as a human being, as, you know, on an evolutionary scale, mm. like, yeah, I, think, I just still think we're so primitive. And mm. Yeah, I agree. You go out there and you just see what, yeah, you step back from it all and you look at it. I mean, from a selfish perspective, yeah, we're just looking just, at yeah what we can take within our lifetime because we're not here for a long time. You're not here so for a long time, no. Like yeah. we, and that, I think that's why I want to stick around. Like, I want to contribute. That's great. Yeah. And I want, to, I want to be a force for good. Yeah. Actually try and push the human race forward in the right way yeah. instead yeah. of all this, like, just, just horrible stuff that's going on at the moment. You know, um, yeah, there's just so much, and and it can be easily fixed, James. Like you said, it's just I don't know. People just get so involved, and there's so much red tape, and it's, it's crazy. There's a level of from up above. There's a level of in governments that are people that are basically that I've discovered through the last few years are just up to no good, you know, and they're trying yeah. to like enrich yeah, yeah. themselves, and they're not they're not yeah. sitting here like you with a really good you know, intent, you know, or like us. So you you realize that and you're like, okay, you know, you see, you, that when I was in Dubai, actually, they had this, uh, my friend told me to go, they had like a private military event where you could buy ammunition. I don't know if you ever you seen know, like a walk around of it. But... So weird, but I was out there at the same time. Okay. I was in Dubai, um, when was I in Dubai? February. Okay. In Dubai in February. Yeah, same. I was in February, convention yeah. was on. Yeah. And um, I had a lot of my, ex-colleagues who work out there now um, yeah. there yeah. you know looking at all this stuff did you go there? I, I did and I was like really fascinating fat <coughs> oh, man yeah, I'm just yeah, like this yeah. stuff's so advanced it's amazing but you're also like wow they've just got these little wasp drones that can just like flick on someone's head just pop you know really? Yeah. Oh, blow your brain out. Yeah, they've wow. got like, yeah. Wasp drones. They've got this. There's a company so called. So you make you have an annual. Just yeah. make you have an annual. Yeah. You know, like there's a company called Anduril, and it must. Be, I think Anduril must be a helicopter or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a guy called Palmer Lucky. He sold Oculus to uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the, the, the VR thing, and he put the billion quid into creating his own <laughs> military defense company in the US. And basically what he said was the military, when they outsourced their work to build in like a drone system or tanks, they paid so much money to these, you know, defense contractors. He said, John, I'm going to just build my own stuff. So he's been building like these drone scrambling devices and anti-missile defense systems. And he then went in and sold them and he won a $1.1 billion contract with the, with the US military. And now he's I just, he just got valued at like $9, $10 billion, this company. So now he's actually building all this stuff. Now, what he's saying is, look, China's got more advanced drone technology than us. I am patriotic and I want to protect the US. So he's building, you know, all of this stuff. And that's just going to happen more and more and more and more now, I think. Yeah. Um, the arms race, as yeah. we call it. Yeah. yeah. But isn't it fascinating how much how much resources and how much energy and thoughts and everything goes into making ourselves better at killing each other? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's like, like, it's like, like feeding you know the nation I mean? or something. Yeah. It's yeah. The most advanced stuff comes out of, you know, 
let's figure out how to kill each other better. 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 We're like yeah. amazing. We're but, amazing at killing each other. Yeah. But in, in, a, in, a, in a city, like, someone who's hungry, yeah. In, yeah. You yeah. know there's like dangerous people around everywhere and everyone themselves is capable of being dangerous. But that knowing law between humans exists. It's like... You just don't go and attack somebody like in like civilian life. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody knows you're not just going to attack me and take something, right? You just have that kind of invisible agreement that that doesn't happen. Yeah. But, uh, well, you'd like to think so, but maybe maybe some people out yeah, there some people are just... Not like that. Some people are not like that, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some people are completely opposite. They just want to meet someone like yeah. you to, to do that. They just yeah. want to hurt people. Yeah. They, just yeah. want, they just want to inflict pain and suffering. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's yeah, fucked up. Yeah, it's just messed like, up. Yeah, yeah, it's messed mm. up stuff. Um, but I, 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 yeah, I just maybe I'll, I, I think I was put on this earth to stop those kind of people. You know, yeah. it's like I, sometimes you have to fight fire with fire. You know, yeah. Sometimes you need bad people who can do bad things to stop other bad people. Yeah. You know, and all you have to do is direct that bad person, and, and you know, towards. Like what I'm, what am I trying to say? Yeah, fight fire with fire, basically. Yeah. Um, it's like um, a bad these person camps. with That's, a bad person. You I know, know you, I mean? you got your, you know, for secrecy, you can't say many things about the special forces. But I guess the question I would ask, and it's, I guess it's a dangerous question to ask, is, you know, all those people working there, I, they are f using fire to fight fire. The commands that are coming from above, from out here, are they pretty much with good intent? Or you can't answer that really, can you? Are they to protect the? country and the people in the country as in the uk yeah uh, yeah yeah i think so okay um there are there are to protect the uk um it's been part, this, because sometimes we don't even know the bigger picture you yeah. know what i mean even, even uh, on, on you know i guess on some level we're just we're just a tool as well you know yeah sure we might be a more specific tool but more specific Oh, but at the end of the day, we're still a tool. Yeah. It depends as well. Those upper echelons of what goes on, you know, mm. is, I think I, that's out of my realm, I'll be honest. Yeah. You know, so I couldn't really answer that question properly. Yeah. But um, whatever means necessary. Yeah, 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 a lot of the stuff. It depends yeah. on what cost. If, if, if it's like, okay, you're helping the UK, but, you know, a thousand children have got to die in Afghanistan, it's not helping. It's just not, it's mm. not helping. You know, it's yeah. not, it's, it's a counterintuitive, like, mm argument to it but I, I do I kind of agree with what you said just a minute ago and it's oh, it's almost like you have to <laughs> it's almost like you have to do something bad to stop yourself from doing something worse yeah yeah I love that I mean, kind of thought yeah, process yeah, yeah. sometimes it's okay to do something bad because otherwise you might do something exactly. worse exactly and and I've just thought a lot of bad things mm. by, by exactly saying that in my mind right I'm doing a bad thing but for a greater cause mm. a bigger bigger picture you know um, yeah, because I've done some really bad stuff, and which will live with me until the day I die. I'm not, I'm not proud of it, and I'm not, I don't like to talk about it. But I try and think of what was the bigger, what was the bigger goal? What was it? Why did I do those bad things? Um, Can you say that helps me sleep at night? You know? Yeah. Can you say one of the things you just really regret? Like, do you know what? Well, I, I'm not going to say it outright, but you can imagine in a war, yeah. war zone and being very specific, you know, basic, you know, very close quarter combat. Yeah, you can, you killing know, other people. Yeah. So, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. Um, 
But yeah, there there are some going back one step. Just what we were talking about, there are some really like in the special forces. I met some bad people. You know, you could do some really bad stuff, mm-hmm. and they would sleep soundly at night. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. And Why? Some, because there was like an enjoyment in it. It's almost no, no, not not to just the enjoyment. Just they, just, they were just, doing their like job, just blank. You know, wow. they've been doing it for too long. I don't know. Mm. But sometimes you need those people. You know, you need those type of people because there are other evil people out there who will do anything to inflict harm. You know, um, there's some bad people out there, and you need some bad people to be able to do just as bad things to the to them mm. like uh, let's let's take an example like uh, you know there's some terrorists out there who will use women and children for shields they will on purpose go after children you know and directly after families and like generic forces military whatever we, we, we're not allowed to do that because we're governed by law and government and rules of engagement and things like that but that gives the enemy the upper hand do you know what I mean because they're able or they are capable of doing things that we're not mm-hmm. and sometimes sometimes you need people and organizations that can Can't. do that can fight you know above that because yeah that's how else are you supposed to defeat that enemy mm-hmm. you know what I mean Finding so, those yeah, weak spots. Yeah. And you need to, yeah, you need people like that. Um, it's like clinical sociopaths. Sociopaths, do you know what I wow. mean? You know, it's, it's, it's a fine line, but yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah it's a fine line, yeah. A very, very fine line, but um, yeah. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah. Ultimately, you know, I think it's all about the guys that I know doing it for the right reasons and they're all trying to, you know, be a force for good rather yeah. than a force for bad. Yeah. And if they didn't have the military or if they didn't have the asset world, they'd probably just be a hand grenading, you know, yeah. out there just scrapping and doing all kinds of bad stuff. So, yeah, it's a good thing they're in the military and they can, like, direct all that anger and energy towards doing the right thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's, That's really good. what we are, man. Yeah. I don't know how long we've been chatting. It's, it's an incredible yeah. story. You know, and, uh, yeah. It's just, yeah, I'm just in awe. It's just like, it's kind of, um, you know, I bet you so many people are fascinated on that, on the book and just like, it's Yeah, and it's I, all I was allowed to say a few things extra in the book as well and talk, um, yeah. I had to get permission to say them, but I've, you know, said a few little... And it's everywhere, right? The, book, the, book, the book's everywhere? Yeah, book's everywhere. It's mostly, I mean, the easiest place is probably on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. It's got four point nine, which yeah. is like as good as you're gonna get. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> scored it five basically two over like a hundred really? people, yeah. Nice. Yeah, which wow. is really good actually, um, considering because a lot of books don't really get that high rating. I'm yeah. trying to pick myself up here, but it's a you know, it's any tours? Um uh, not tours, yeah. but I've been doing it. I'm on the public speaking realm, mm-hmm. so I've been doing some talks and, um, yeah, pushing the book and, yeah, just doing other things really. But um, well, so yeah, mostly uh, 
mostly just focused on yeah, my company and helping others and build this company, building bravery. Um, it's on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Yeah, it's just uh, just building that whole you know mindset. Yeah, thank you so much, yeah. Toby, for coming in. It's absolutely, like, it's incredible. yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Um, like thoroughly enjoyed it. And, yes, um, thank you, know you for what, sharing. These kind of things are actually the very therapy. Therapeutic for me. Yeah, so good. good. It really good. actually helps me deep down. I go away from these things. It's exactly why, it's exactly why I do it as well. We, we always yeah. been lifted off my shoulders. Yeah, yeah. It's so really cool, just man. keeping it all inside. Yeah. It's always nervous asking someone like yourself because obviously there's certain things you don't want to talk no, about. I'm, but I'm an open book, man. But people don't realize the moment you, I, I'm, look, I'm the same, but the moment I talk about the things I don't want to talk about, it just helps. Does, yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. And I, after these sort of things, I speak easier. I yeah. Speak easier. And I've, I've noticed you've got really good teeth as well. Where'd you get your teeth, you get your teeth <laughs> then? Mine are genuine, man. Really? <laughs> yeah, these are real bad boys. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Hair as well. He's yeah. got good teeth. In <laughs> I'm looking at him like shit. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to end it. Oh, man. Thank you, Thanks, Toby. Well, really appreciate it. Thanks, Toby. Thanks, Toby. Thanks, 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 Than